0: It's the Rebel Growth Podcast, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> Today, technical on-page SEO, a million website visits with Nick Ilbank. episode 55, let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast, I am Borja Bezo, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Growth Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. For today's show, we have with us Nick Aobanks, who is going to share how he used on-page SEO to raise his visits to almost a million hits per month. Listen closely because you're going to get a lot of uh, technical and actionable tips from Nick that are going to be just as valuable to you and your website. And if you want a chance to win a one on one call with me to analyze your marketing plan, head on over to nickelbanks.com forward slash website optimization contest, where you can read all about the contest, read the guidelines, and participate for potentially winning that one-on-one call with me. So without any further ado, let's jump right into our call with Nick. So Nick, man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure, actually. Uh, I really wanted to have you on the show since I read your, your recent case study on, on SEO AUV. Um, how, how did you land? I know that you, were pretty, you are actually pretty much uh, known for SEO Nicks. I believe you recently sold it. Am I right? I did, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I wasn't
1: looking to sell it, but I got it was like one of those those things where I, I got an offer um, that seemed too good to be true. Uh, and, and I mean, I, I had like lots of people sort of over the years just kicking the tires. Um, and I thought about maybe selling it at one point just to sort of start over, but uh, I I, I not really taken it seriously. And then this this guy sort of came out of nowhere one day and was like, "Hey, you know, I'd like to purchase your website." Um, and he, he said this number that just didn't make any sense to me, and I was like, "All right, if you're serious, you know, here's my escrow.com username." Um, and, I, and I thought that was the end of the conversation. Uh, and then, like, 24 hours later, I got a notification email from Escrow that th- that amount of money uh, had been deposited, um, and was like waiting for my, you know, was pending my approval. Um, like, crap! I mean, guess, guess, I guess, I'm gonna do this.
0: Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. I can't imagine. I mean, how long did you have? That's the only eight for,
1: uh, like three years. Three years, just about three years, maybe a little less than that.
0: How, and how much traffic were you getting?
1: Uh, probably around like when I would publish, I'd see really big spikes. Um, but on average, probably around sixty thousand visits a month or so. That's
0: pretty good. I believe that's a. I, mean, um, I guess soon. they wanted they wanted it because I don't know. The, traffic board something. No,
1: they, they wanted it for I mean th- there are some specific reasons to that where there was commercial value in that blog. They were um for almost every single variation, like almost every keyword you can think of that includes uh like the root phrase increased traffic or increased website traffic. And there's thousands of variations. That makes up like 60% of the traffic of your organic traffic to that blog. Um and that phrase is so commercialized that the blog itself, um I threw up that I threw up like a really simple foo form on the like uh SEO like and I put like an SEO consulting uh, tab in the main navigation and as soon as I did that it started generating like three to five leads a day. Um, most of them weren't great leads, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. People that that really didn't know what they needed, they just thought they needed something. Right. Um, I used that lead volume to create another business about a year and a half ago, two years ago probably at this point called seoleads.org. Um, And I got that – like I just needed some place, something to do with all these leads. So I used that, started selling the leads via the the email list I built up there, sold that business, sold SEO leads in March um, and just had all these leads coming in and like didn't really have anything to do with them. Um, So this guy, the guy that bought it owns an agency based in Singapore and they just want the leads. Um,
0: So so, the – uh, sorry that i'm going off track here a little bit about the uh, you know on the case study about just um, yes, I think it's so so cool how you know, what happened did you, did you sell the leads and everything
1: I, the, whole he, the, list? Just, the leads were coming through the website um so he got the website so he got he got the lead he gets all the leads going forward he didn't want any of the retroactive leads I still have that database um and he I, I negotiated so I got to keep my email list. Um, so I can be true to my word, you know, part of my, my pitch for people to give me their email list was, you know, I'll never sell your information and I did. Um, but that's pretty common. Like most times yeah. you sell a website, the, the subscriber list is what the buyer really wants. Um, and they wanted it, um, and they probably could have negotiated a little bit harder, um, but they didn't. So I kept it.
0: Right. Yeah. And, um, how did you got got started with
1: SEO? Um, that story's out there like all, all over the place. Place. Um, I mean, like everybody else, I think. Well, not everybody, but most people um, who've at least been doing it for a while. It was, you know, by accident. Um, I was working for uh, like a startup software, uh, startup accounting software firm, um, and like we knew there were some terms that people were searching, and we knew uh, what made good clients to us based on conversations, and we just I just started messing with all these different things inside the CMS that we had at the time. Um, my background really was like I, I got I got really into software and like building just web pages and building web content and like I was a content manager for a couple different like little companies and nonprofits and just got like my uh my feet wet with a bunch of different content management systems um and that's really what sort of led to everything it was just like experimenting um and paying attention to the stuff that sort of started to work
0: that's cool yeah I mean it's it's a pretty common story about how someone gets into this whole industry um you start seeing some results. You want to implement them for yourself. You go into the entrepreneurial road, and that's what happens. So tell me about. Uh, let, let's get into details with this with this case study right here. Um, you were able to increase traffic to over one million visits per month to this one website, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. To your lesson. All right.
0: So how how did the website traffic look bef- before you started to work with them?
1: Uh, they were about 230,000 visits per month um, but like le- like 5% of that was organic. Okay so what how what was the very first thing that you did? Uh, the very first thing I did was um, went to like like one of the piece like one of the content pages so it, it's an audio hosting site. so it's made up of all these track pages just like it's the equivalent of like a video page on YouTube um, and just looked at the source code on that page. Um, and there were just some things that jumped out immediately. Um, like one of the first, like first things for a pay, especially a site that's UGC is like how important it is to let Google or any website crawler know, like, here's what this page is about, um, by using like, you know, one individual header tag and they had an H1 tag, but it was in, it was being rendered in the flash, like within like the audio player itself. So, so no website crawler is going to see that. Um, so, like that was rule one was like pull this out, pull this header tag out of the the flash and put it into the HTML. Um, they had one actually in HTML that was also rendering on the page. Um, that was being that wasn't being driven by the user content, but was like a static, like um, like repetitive one. And they were using um, CSS class display none to hide it, mm. um, which just looks really shady and also doesn't do you any favors. Um, so it was just like a couple of these silly things. And then it was just, uh, it was like going into the, um, URL parameters in webmaster tools and looking at like what the specific elements were, like what were the, the patterns or the directories that were eating up a whole bunch of their crawl budget. And the big one was, uh, like just like any, you know, like a SoundCloud or even YouTube, they have like a, a player that they created that allows people to embed their audio files like all over the internet, which is an awesome source of links. Um, awesome source of links, and uh, is also like um, you know, it makes the site itself like more powerful. It makes it more attractive to people who want to use it to host their stuff. Um, but the, all the directories, so like that's like that Swift player, like that Flash player, and the embed code generator, like all these directories um, that were just duplicate, exact duplicates of the content on the pages, weren't being blocked in the robots file. Um, so it was just like completely degrading the uh, the efficiency. Uh, the crawl efficiency of the website. So the those point. are like... Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead finish. Those, like, those are the really quick wins. It was like, you know, these are these are very easy things to fix. These are, you know, a, a line or two mm-hmm. uh, of syntax in a robot's uh, text file, and this is this is fixed, you know, the next time um, the site's crawled. So... And what's the, web,
0: what's the website in question?
1: Uh, yourlisten.com.
0: Yourlisten.com. Okay, I include that in the show notes. So I have a question here. Would you be able to create that website from scratch using WordPress today?
1: Uh, no, no, I, I don't. I I've built UGC sites on WordPress before, and they work to an extent, but not not to this level. I mean, this th- this thing's a really sophisticated, custom built PHP system. I mean, to be able to handle it's it's handling fifty to sixty thousand streams a day, hmm. and when you're streaming anything at any high volume, like you need. To be able to thread, it, to, you know, have nested threads uh, for the requests and have queuing um, and have like bandwidth monitoring and be able to spin up new instances for new of new web heads like um, that level of technology you could probably set up uh, on on AWS or or you know in some other ind- like private hosted cloud solution and use WordPress for, but you'd probably have to use multi-site and it would just it would get really ugly. I think I think it would be more work to make it work in WordPress than than it would be worth.
0: Right, and did you create it, any content? any content marketing for for this particular website
1: no no not at all um, we've never done a single piece of content the only piece of uh, the only thing we did that was all, like almost maybe sort of content marketing uh, was done on medium um, and it was uh, about the time um, Prince uh, called the founder Scott um, to like sort of give him a talking to about people leaking <laughs> his music on the <laughs> website. Um, so uh me and Scott wrote that piece we published it on Medium uh the Medium content curation team really liked it um we uh there's a there's a big Medium uh magazine uh called Coffee Licious. they asked to pick it up so they they actually they they syndicated the rights to it uh, um and then Medium shared it and uh, it actually picked up some good steam um it didn't generate it did it- the post itself did really well but i mean Medium got all the benefit um it didn't really create any traction for your lesson
0: Hi right, so you didn't pay for any ads, right?
1: No, no, no. We get paid. We get paid by advertisers instead of paying them.
0: Hmm. So all traffic was in, was 100 organic, and it was pure or on-page SEO and some off-page SEO. I'm wondering.
1: Uh, I mean, there's almost no. We never. I never. We never built a single link for it. Um, it, it was all. It was on-site. Um, so it was all
0: optimizing the, uh, the website itself.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the, and the, so the site had like a good base of direct traffic. Like it's a lot of repeat users. Um, and the reason is because the ads aren't really intrusive. Like the website doesn't really make much money. It makes enough money to pay the hosting bills, which are big. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it was never really a re, – it was never a revenue play. The idea was, was build something truly useful um, and, and try to, you know, see how big we could get it. Um, Scott's had the thing for like eight years now, um, but it's tripled in size in just the past 18 months.
0: So, so what are some keys to the growth of, of the case study of each website?
1: Um, that, the big one there I think was uh, like pages that were getting traction, uh, doing everything we could on the site to, to you know sort of prop up um, the, the relevance and the link authority of those pages. So like as pages would gain a lot of momentum, whether they were getting a lot of shares or a lot of embeds, or a lot of streams, um, or they were ranking really well for, for terms that were gaining popularity in search, uh, like adding links to those pages strategically around the site, like on the channels pages, on the featured music page, on the homepage, to try to send as much uh, citation flow to those individual pages as we can. Um, and then pages that were sort of thin, that like didn't really have much of a description, and uh, didn't have many views or had less than 10 plays, um, we would automatically by default set those to no index. Um, just because we didn't we didn't want those to eat up our crawl budget, so we, like we wanted Google to pay more attention to the pages that offered more value. And then we had sort of a threshold that we established that was like, uh, you know, once a page has X Y Z plays or, or you know, X plays or Y comments or um, Z shares, like a couple specific engagement metrics, then the the site would automatically remove that no index tag so that that page could be crawled and included.
0: Gotcha. That's, I mean, it's pretty fascinating how cool this is of an indicator of how important on-page SEO actually is.
1: Well, it's not the I, – I completely agree. But the, I think the big difference here is like it's – these are the more technical aspects that I feel like some people don't really talk about, um, which is why I think that the, the case study was able to gain some traction and some resonance with a with number of people um, because everybody will talk about on-page. So they'll be like, yeah, clean HTML and – and, you know, uh, don't, don't over, you know, don't stuff keywords in your content and don't use uh, content-rich or keyword-rich anchor tags. And, and, you know, you need so many thousands of words and all this stuff. And that's great, but, like, that's not, that's not going to help you if, you know, you've got lots of duplicate pages or you're not uh, making your best pages work the hardest for you and so on. So um, I think the technical aspects of on-site uh, SEO are, are, are undervalued and often overlooked.
0: Any key, key takeaways that you will want to provide for listeners? Um,
1: you, UGC is really hard. Um, uh, I think one thing that I probably didn't um, really harp on on the, in, in, on the latest case study that I, sh- I could could have or should have um, is that the site was around for a while. Like it built up a really base of user generated organic content um, on its own. Um, like you know there 's years and years and years of this content like it is really hard to do UGC um, um, you know when I was doing the UGC project in Japan that I wrote about on SEO Nick um, we we were creating a lot of content there were descriptions it wasn 't big pieces of content, but it was a lot of them because we needed to seed all those initial rankings and seed all that sort of initial visibility to try to get reviews um, to try to get the content that we needed to support the site um, and at the end of the day like you know we sort of So that site's still growing, but we sort of hit a critical mass um, where until we are going to be able to start really acquiring new reviews like at the level of TripAdvisor in that space, we just were never going to grow larger than 3 million visits a month. Uh,
0: I get you. So, Nick, any place that you want to send people to to learn more about um, everything that you have done or that you're doing, anything that you publish?
1: Um, I would say definitely – I would just – I'd say check out seoauv.com. It's my latest project. It's um, be my new sort of foray. It's going to be uh, – what's the right word here? It's going to be pretty politically incorrect. Um, I mean I swear when I talk and I definitely swear when I get excited. So there's going to be a <laughs> lot of swear words in there. And um, I mean I'm going to rip apart a bunch of big brands. I've got a big keyword teardown that is coming out pretty soon. Um, I've got a post that I'm working on that shows how important amplification is. Um with specific stats and sort of beats up on a lot of the old mantras that people have been preaching for a long time. Um, I've got a post coming that people are going to be upset about. Uh, it talks about how links still work. Uh, everybody wants to talk about links being dead because of how hard they are to acquire. And most, most SEOs, to be honest, suck at building links. <laughs> yeah. Like, they really do. Um, and it's just because it requires creativity. Yes. Um, and, and there's very few SEOs I think that really put in the time to try to be like bring creativity to the table, so um that's going to be a fun post. I, I think uh, I think a lot of people are going to get pretty upset about that, which will be awesome.
0: Well, so, it sounds like a bunch of content that we can feature again in the show. So I definitely hope that we can bring you back and talk about all these cool stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Well, Man, well, thank you so much for, for this case study, for these tips. Um, I really, really enjoyed, uh, you know, how, how you were able to modify all that, you know, all of these, th- these things and, and tra- increase traffic that much. I mean, it's a lot of people are skeptical about it, if these kind of, you know, improvements are possible on these shows, you know. The well, is
1: I got I've seen people get flack like uh, somebody over at Refs wrote um, sort of like a response to that case study because it sort of blew up on Twitter, um, which is which is unfortunate. Like I got the big ego boost for, like from like seeing all the tweets, like the tweet count on the URL. and then like right like the sixth or seventh day the post was live, Twitter removed the share counts. So like the total shares on the post dropped by like 80%, um, whatever. Um, it's still, I'm just glad that people were reading it and enjoying it. But, uh, somebody on Ahrefs on the blog there wrote like, you know, this is not, the the post is called like, this is not a case study on, on a million visits and he's sort of ripping apart traffic he's like, traffic's not important, revenue's important, conversion's important, um. And that's great except if your website is, it has a CPM business model, which your listen does, the more visits we get, the more page views you get, the more money it makes. Yeah. Uh, traffic is actually really important and the more eyeballs you get, the more money you make. Um, so it's just a really funny sort of uh, very hypercritical case study um, of somebody that, uh, that got sort of upset about it. The other thing I think that's worth mentioning that sort of chaps my ass a little bit is it takes patience to write these things. like. Like we saw a nice boost the first month after we implemented this stuff back last uh, – like last July. And then we saw another nice boost last August when we implemented like and made some more changes. And like I could have written this case study then. I could have written this case study a year ago about how like we made some changes and we got to 500,000 visits a month. But it's not like – it's not as big of a deal. Like I think it, it takes there, – there's an element of patience that is important. Like if you want to have these big wins and you want to write these kinds of – these case studies with these very click uh, post titles – the, some people need to realize like it really does take patience and, and there's a chance we may never have broken a million. Like as soon as we broke the million mark, um, like I fired up and wrote the case study because I was like, oh man, like, we got it. Like we hit the milestone we were after. Um, but you know, if this drops off or we don't hit it again next month, like it, it was all for naught. So uh, I, I think uh, that patience shouldn't be taken for granted.
0: Well, all the resources and everything <coughs> that we mentioned in the show, it's going to be at the show notes. Um Thank you so much, man. Again, I I hope to, to have you again in the future. No, oh, absolutely. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. O.K. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nick. Everything mentioned on this episode is going to be at rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 55. And if you have any comments, please let me know about them. Tweet them out. Subscribe to my email list and download my cheat. G- and answer to the email that I will send you. Please let me know how can I help you. Never forget that I do this for you. You are this podcast fuel. Until next week, go out, implement those on-page SEO tips we just talked about and keep on growing.